I was going to tell you this morning, Mike preached this already. Last Sunday, y'all need to be here. <laughs> but he called me a couple times this week telling me, you up, right? Whatever, dude. Whatever. So... We're in a series called Surprised by Joy, and I'm going to ask Abby and them to do me a favor, and after I get going, I'm going to ask you to put a blank slide up behind me, okay, uh, because I want to use that as a prompt to get you guys to start to think a little bit. So Surprised by Joy, and we're going to be talking out of the second chapter of Philippians, and the thing that I want you to think about is what Mike taught us last week, which is this idea that um, what what is required in terms of this message is, is unity. And, but unity isn't something that can be had. It's something that's developed. And what he helped us see was the one, two, three. So humility the capacity. We'll talk a little bit more about that today. Um, humility leads to gentleness. Gentleness is interesting. So it's a gentle, merciful spirit that then results in group unity. So when we love one another in humility and we're, and we're gentle with each other, not soft, two different words, gentle. The gentleness then cultivates the necessary requirements to be unified. And then we have to be unified. And when I think about unified, I think about message-driven, reflecting the new covenant as God's given it to us. And so... Um, in this section, then Paul sets that up, and then he goes about, as Paul does, with a couple of therefores where he gives us some examples. And, of course, of course in Paul's fashion, he sets the table. So um, what I want to do today is kind of like a two-act play. So I want to talk to you about being fatherly approved which I think is what happens in this passage. And then I want to talk about servant-mindedness. And those two components are what we talk about when we talk about thinking like Jesus or some books call it, I mean, I found some books called um, Having the Mind of Christ. And there's a whole lot more that people bring to that. Um what I want you to begin to think about is um, what's important. What's important to think about and consider. Passage opens, and then I'll pray. I'll read the passage. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who through he who who though corrected me correctly, <laughs> who though he was in the form of God, did not 
count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by the by taking the form of a servant. And that's an interesting word. Um, being born into the likeness of men and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death and even to the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed upon him the name that is above every name. So that at, so at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And at one version I seen Underworld, which if you, you don't know me, but I'm like Underworld freaks, so I was really happy about that. Um, and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What I want you to think about is this. I'm going to flip this thing upside down so it will feel a little scattered, or it does to me. Because I typically don't like starting with the end and then finishing with the beginning. You with me there? Did you hear what I just said? I already confused you and you. Okay. Um, but before I begin with the end and finish with the beginning, I'm going to start with the first sentence. And so it says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. And I want you to understand the idea of this phrase have this mind um it's a very complicated thing it's you know it gets translated mindset it gets simplified to thinking or having the mind of god which is to me means you know wizard of oz big head know everything it's not really it's more complicated than that because it not only implies a perspective but it also implies how we are to strive or how we will become in terms of our behavior and how we look. It, it, it not only describes a perspective, but it also describes what gentleness looks like and what humility looks like in the real here and now. It not only describes a way of thinking, it describes a way of interacting with one another, and it also implies it's a way in which we can, um, it's a compass. So it's this internal, and it's internal. It's something that is put inside our hearts that give us the capacity to navigate the streams of everyday life and, and remain connected to Christ, but still fully human in the mess of this life. Um, in my work, there's a, term that's sort of been taken over the maybe it's taken over everything but it's a term that's surely taken over in psychology which is mindfulness now i don't know randy is mindfulness in leadership too <coughs> yeah i mean so it's taken over everything but what i i think and it's a buddhist sort of way of thinking but i think what jesus is talking about is having this mindset mindfulness is a skill that you use that teaches you how to accept yourself without judgment or evaluation. Did you hear what I just said? So, so Paul says, have this mindset, have this perspective, have this inner compass that gives you the capacity to do two things, not judge 
and not categorize yourself. To live in your skin. Now, I read that and I want to know what he's going to say next. How about you? Wait, now, no South Dakota stare this morning, right? (laughs) This is bad. You guys are looking at me like this. That either means you don't know what to do or you're already confused. All right. So I would want to know what that is. How about you? All right. All right. All right. So I want to. There we go. Look on the glass, and I want you to, and I say, if I say Heavenly Father, and I want you to be honest, which picture do you see? Do you see Heavenly Father pointing at his kid, son, or daughter in a disapproving manner? Or do you see father and son back to you, hand around his kid, their heads tipped together? When I say Father, when I say Father, who sees the first version? Raise your hand high. The first thing comes to your mind. Some of you are punks because I know more of you like, I know I said that home, but how many still got that wired on the hard drive a little bit? That Father who's doing that, okay? How many are developing this one? I ain't even look because everybody's hand should be up. Right? So, so here's where I want to start. Therefore, God has highly exalted and bestowed on him the name. And I want to start there. In Isaiah, he says, for to us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. This was the proclamation. Jesus lived in an unnatural way in terms of the way we think about getting things done. And and God's evaluation of that was to exalt and bestow. The image of exalt is not internally in terms of the Trinity, but in terms of the the upper, lower, and middle regions. Exalt means he points, he, he puts Jesus in a position where all can see. He puts Jesus in a position of majesty. I think of a king when they pronounce him king. And everybody, the papers cover it, the news, NBC, ABC, CNN, they all cover it. And we all know what we're supposed to do when we see it. I, I think of a, 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 poor example be, a poor example would be the president or the prime minister or the pope. Exalted. And the second word in that passage that has the stamp of approval is bestowed. And the, when I, I was looking at this, and I said, God said, I'm going to exalt him and bestow upon him. Now, picture this. We're talking about Jesus, right? Yes. Jesus, right? 
God says, I'm going to grace Jesus with the name above all names. In some ways, that's cool. And in some ways, I'm scratching my head. That don't make sense. Because I already have him in that position. But the passage says, the word there is he. He gifts him a name that's above all names. A name. That brings every knee, every knee, bends every knee in the heavenlies, on earth, and below. It's a name that he, and even the demons knew it when he was walking around. He wasn't trying to be that dude. You know, when he would confront, the, there's a story where he confronts the demon and the demon says, Jesus, like, yo, dude, I know who you are, man. Like, yo, like, don't just, don't disappear me. They'll send me somewhere. Don't, I know, because he knew who he was. And, and, and I think Jesus shushed him, because you know, he, like, I ain't doing that yet. Well, we don't know who he is. Now, why is that important? I start with the, the end just to say. Now, how many of you in this room now, I'm going I'm to I'm treat you like gang members, okay? Can I treat you like gang members? How many of you in this room claim red? And what I mean by red is you claim the blood of Jesus as your membership. How many of you say, I'm claiming Jesus? Raise your hand. Hi. Don't be punks. Okay, I still got people like, <laughs> how many here claim Jesus? Okay, okay, but now wait a minute. If, if I said we're going to blow this place up, I think some of y'all might be running. But I hope we all, we say, okay, we're going to go together. Here's the interesting thing. How many of y'all claim Jesus? Let me see it again. Big. Now, hold it up high. Hold them there. Let me tell you this. When your day comes, keep it up there. Don't be punks. I see some of y'all getting fatigued. It's only been 30 seconds. When your day comes, the Father will exalt you and bestow upon you, just like he did his son. You feeling that? That's why I started with the end to, to get to the beginning. When it's all said and done and we step over, I've lost two dear friends this year. And and one, I, I don't know what he said, but Chris, I know what she told her husband. She said, I'd rather be asleep and be with him than be here now. I'm, I'm tired. And I don't think that she was messing around. I think when she stepped over, he exalted her with, with Jesus. Yo, you, you, you claim Jesus, right? Wearing red. Come on over here. You in and whoop, valued, important. Now, that just isn't our value on the heaven side of things. That's the value we have now. Because Paul says if I don't, if I'm not, you know, I've already been corrected once by y'all. But I think it says, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours now in Christ. And then when she came in. He bestowed upon her. He said, you're Chris, who 
belongs to Jesus, right? To my son, right? And he gave her honor and love and connection like she wouldn't believe. Mike describes it like a fish. I don't know what that is. See, for me, swimming in water ain't the thing. I think about drowning. I don't think about, like, rock, like Mike does, and he be smiling and stuff. No, dude. <laughs> no. You know, if he bestows me, I want to dunk like six times in the air before I hit the ground. That's bestowed to me right there. I got asthma. Swimming in the water ain't going to work. I'm, <clears throat> you, you haven't seen me try to snorkel, have you? It's not good. It's not good. John says this, for I've, for I've given them the words that you've given me, and they have received them, and have come to know in truth that I am from you, and they have believed that you sent me. And because of that, not because of what you do or don't do, but because you believe the word, it says in John, like around 14 or 15, it says, you are already clean by the words you've believed. You've already, you're already clean by the word I have spoken is really what he says. You're already clean. You're already connected. You're already loved. You're already exalted. You're already bestowed. By the word Jesus has spoken, not by anything you or I can do in our raggedy time here on earth. So, I'm going to agree with God as I look at my brothers and sisters here and say you have been fatherly approved because of Jesus. And that fatherly approval cannot be removed by your crooked behavior or your dark thinking or your selfish orientation. You can't do anything to change that. And you can't do anything to improve that. And I don't know why you'd want to improve it anyway. Exalted and bestowed? Why? What, how can you do better than that? And that's yours now. And it's a deposit for what you receive when you get here. So let's look at the beginning of the text. And I'm just going to handle, I'm going to tell you what I'm going to handle, because I'm not going to try to handle all this. See, Mike didn't tell me that, Jay, I'm going to give you the passage after I get done preaching. It's only four verses. This one's only six verses. But we could stay here for two months, taking one sentence at a time, looking at this passage. So I'm going to read it and then break it down into four things that I think is important to understand. And then not keep you here all afternoon. I promise. So he says, who, though was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born into the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death and even to the cross. So so think about this. I'm going to give you some flash words. Those of you who write them down, write them down. Those of you who keep them in your mind, just keep them in your mind. So we're going to talk about don't snatch, pour yourself out, slavery, 
and crucifixion. Now say it back to me. We're going to say, don't. Okay. Okay, I'm done. I'll see y'all. Come on. Devin, you good? All All right. So let's talk about this. So. So I want you to think about this. Why? Now, what I'm about to preach and teach to you is not. It's sort of like it's sort of like first Corinthians 13. That is not a message for knuckleheads. Do you hear what I'm saying? It's about what perfect love does. It's not about what you or I could do. And sometimes I get asked when I'm doing a wedding, can I use 13? I'm like, no, dude, we, we not promising each other that. Cause you, it's not a, it's not a, it's not a, a prescription for Christians. It's a description of the Father's love for us. We, we can aspire to it. But this is the job description. God says, this is, can you do this? This is what I do without sweating. Okay, I'm going to give you four points. This is what Jesus does. You can't do it. But I'm going to tell you why he did it. You can't do it. But it was necessary to be done, and it's a model for us. But Jesus has done it, and he will grow it in us, but we won't ever be able to do these four things perfectly or even sometimes close. But we can have comfort that he did it, and he did it for a reason. I'll tell you the reason. He did it because he's mission-minded. And he wanted to proclaim the good news of the Father's love for his sheep. My dad loves you. I want you to know that. My dad is not disappointed with you. And I want you to know that. My dad wants you to come if you're weary and heavy burdened. My dad wants you to know his yoke is easy. So he was mission-minded and relationally interested. So the other thing he came to do was build relationships one and two and three at a time that reflects this message with the understanding that if you're around somebody that glows, like glows humbly and gently and single-minded in his perspective or her perspective it's like love-based radiation it'll start to change you it'll start to change and you start to become more humble more comfortable with humility and more comfortable with gentleness and more clear about why you're here and what you're supposed to do and who it is you're to love and serve and that's the way it happens so I'm asking you not to aspire this, but to be inspired by what Jesus is willing to do. Amen? Okay, let's talk about it. First he says he emptied himself. Or no, first he says he did not count it equality with God to be grasped. I want you to think about that. Now the first thing I said is don't what? Why is, what's that got to do with this? Okay, first of all, I want you to think about Jesus is with God. And he is royalty. And he has the trappings of the office that goes with it. Uh, 
And Jesus, Paul says, Jesus didn't, he was fully human and fully God, but had, he knew what he was here to do. And he knew the way to do it wasn't to come with power. The way to do it was to come with love and mercy and a new covenant. Now, the contrast is Adam and Eve. And so the passage is the serpent says to the woman. Now, I happen to believe you guys heard me say this. I don't think Adam was far away. I think for whatever reason, the writer said the woman, but I think Adam was like right next to her going, what are you saying? And the serpent hissed and he said, surely you won't die. For God knows when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good from evil. And so the woman saw the tree was good for food. And that it was a delight to her eyes and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise. And so they took a bite. Now, the tree was off limits. The serpent hiss and the tree becomes precious. The tree becomes precious. Okay. And when something becomes precious, You grasp at it. Now, the word in the Hebrew is not grasp. It's snatch. It's the kind of thing that happens on the street in Denver when a lady comes into my neighborhood with pretty jewelry on, and she's goofy for walking in my neighborhood with that on, and somebody reaches across her chest and pulls her pearls off her chest. And she tries to catch her, the pearls as they're falling over the place, and while she's reaching for her pearls, he snatches her purse. Snatched. And he said, Jesus, Jesus didn't, he didn't see equality with God to be something to be snatched. Equality of God was not his precious. Equality with God was not his precious. And he, he, and he wanted to model a different way of doing things other than our brother and sister Adam and Eve had done. And we're capable of. Now, I'm asking you this question. How many of you know what your precious is? That's a raise your hand deal. I didn't ask you what it was. I don't want to know that. How many know what, how many know what it is though? All of us have a precious. All of us go get it. That ambition. See, I, my two favorite teams are the Jayhawks and Yukon Huskies. Yukon Huskies on a 99-game winning streak, which may end tomorrow because they're playing South Carolina. It ain't going to be pretty. They might win, though, because everybody was telling them they weren't going to win this season. If you're going to get Yukon, you better get them now. They're 22-0, by the way. And the Jayhawks, you know, just third, third ranked in the nation. No big deal. Me and my friend here, Randy, don't like each other when they play. But, okay, their, their, their coaches operate from a different frame. Go get it. They, the best, all the tactics, all the technology to be the best. See, the championship is something that should be snatched. Being number one is something that should be snatched. Having my way is something that should be snatched. And Jesus says, no. I'm coming with a different attitude. So instead of snatching, 
What's Jesus do? Second point. What was the word? Now see how it happens. You already are lost. Okay, yeah, yeah. I hear some of y'all. I, I hear how about? I think I think it's this. Who said that? It was perfect. What was it? Second point. Pour yourself out. So the so so the idea there is that Jesus. The, the Greek imagery is it's, it's simple. Full pitcher of water, big cup. This is Jesus with his 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 heavenly entourage and all that, and he he pours it out. If I was in a western and I came with my big six shooters and I walked like a cowboy and I ha- I would like country music, which I don't, it means take off my belt and throw it down. Go into the territory with where I put my gun. Or for some of y'all, it means getting out of your car without your cell phone. <laughs> Empty. All your life on the cell phone. You can't, you can't peek at it during JC's sermon. Yeah, Facebook, <laughs> Instagram, can't. Pour it out. Empty. And he, that's what he did. And what I want you to think about is that he, he came and he said, I'm going to be a man, and I'm not going to be Superman. I'm going to come, and I'm going to deny the things that come with the office of being God's son. You know, I started watching 24 again. Don't ask me why, especially in this time and age. Don't ask me why I started watching Jack, but I love Jack. Like, Jack is crazy. Like, I love him. So I started watching, and I'm thinking about the president. I'm thinking, okay, so. I started thinking after I turned Jack off late last night while I'm in it, writing the sermon, how would a president live without his entourage and all this stuff? How does he do that? How does he become a regular civilian? Right? How, 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 does, he, how does he do that? How, how does, how does uh, Bill Gates become a regular person? If he wanted to become a regular, how would he empty it? I met a man once in the gym playing basketball. We we called it. We, we I thought he was a bum. Turns out he turns out he probably made more money than than I ever will make, and some of you will ever make. And I'm talking to him on the bench, and he he, he didn't smell and any of that. He, he's just a bum. He just a back in the day, those guys would like just ride the train all over the United States. And I said, why, why, why are you riding the train all over the United States looking like a bum when people treat you, spit at you, whatever? He said, uh, he said I was a multimillionaire, made billions of dollars, and lived in Chicago and walked away from it one day. He said, I can't. This ain't life. I said, wait a minute, man. Wait, wait, wait a minute. I'm from the hood, dude. Like, I got nothing. I'm, I'm on Reagan cheese, dude. Like, you, you did what? He said, I walked away from it all, emptied himself. I said, you, oh, yeah, by the way, some of y'all young people don't know who I'm talking about, do you? Reagan Cheese. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. So so back, just to explain, back in the day when Reagan was placed, he, he gave low-income low families powdered milk and cheese. And we was one of those families that proudly went and stood in line and got our powdered milk, which I hate now. And, I, you know, some of you know me, I don't eat cheese anyway. So that's that's why I say that. So 
He walk, how you walk away from that? Jesus, Jesus said, I'm, I'm emptying it out. He, he could call down the angels from heaven. And he said, no. Satan even tempted him with, hey, well, yo, you, 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 you God's son. Someone put you in a circumstance, do something about it. Call your boys. And Jesus said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. That's not what I'm here for. Emptied himself. Heavenly privilege, entourage gone. Now, he didn't just empty himself. What's the third one? Wait, wait, that was weak. Weak. Say it again. So, yes. Yeah, come on, I gave you the answers. This was the way I teach. When I was taught at the seminary, when I teach at USD, I give you the answers and say you have an A to keep. And people let the A slip down their leg by the end of the semester. How does that happen? You have an A to keep. That's all you got to do. You got a thousand points. Just keep it in your pocket. And by the end of the semester, people handed me 65 points. I'm like, how did that happen? Okay, and, and, and that's the way I teach because I want you to learn. I don't care about the grade. I want you. If you care about the grade, then go get what you want. I care about you learning. So the word is? Okay. So not only did he empty himself, but the scriptures tell us that he became a slave. The word there is servant. No, he, he here's what I want you to think about. Em- empty yourself. And I want you to live the life of the lowliest person you know in your circle. I happen to be, come from an era where I understand racism. And so the chains of slavery mean a whole lot to me. And when the scripture says he not only emptied himself of his privilege of access to that stuff. He had access to the father. He's just going to live with that line. But he was going to let the other things go for right now. Not only did that, but he put on the chains of a slave. What that means there is that he was willing to submit to the laws, the principalities, and policies of living life on this planet. That's the fancy way of thinking about it. When he came here, he didn't just say, well, I'm going to come here and be Superman while I'm living here. No bullets will go through and blah, blah, blah. He said, no, I'm coming here and living under the same influences that you and I live under, under the same colds and viruses and cancers, leprosy that you live with, under the same Jewish and Roman and Samaritan politics that you live with, in the same system where the Sadducees, the Pharisees, and and the, the people coming to the temple fight and steal from one another. I'm going to submit and live in those chains. Are you serious? And when he said yes to that, what's the fourth thing? <laughs> what did he say? The fourth one is what? There we go. <laughs> I got this. Popcorn, crucifixion, crucifixion, crucifixion. I love my hopsters, man. So he agreed to that. He said, not only am I going to live as a slave, but when I go, Dad, 
And his father, I, my story, my story goes like this. Jesus, Jesus says, Dad, I'll go. And the father says, Son, they're going to kill you. And he says, Dad, I'll go. And he says, Son, they're going to kill you. Like, it ain't going to be like you just get accidentally shot with an arrow or something. They're going to kill you. He said, Dad, I'll go. He said, Son, they're going to crucify you. And we use it in a descriptive, playful, it's going to be bad. But crucifixion was the most and worst death you could die of, and it's also the most disgraceful. To hang on a cross is the most disgraceful way for a Jewish person to live, to die in that day. And Jesus said, yeah, do it. So he didn't snatch. He emptied himself. He, he agreed to slavery, and he agreed to crucifixion. Why? Why? I'm looking at him because every one of you matter to him. Every one of you are worth dying for. And even if there's just one of you in this room, he would have done it. And he wanted you to see how a person who has the mind of Christ, which is, understands the mission. My job is to go into the world and tell people and help people experience the love, the mercy, and grace of the Father. And my job is to build a community that reflect that truth. And if this is what it's got to take to do it, to reach those people I love, I'm in. Man, the mind of Christ. He says, let this be your compass. It's not, let this, he's not saying, do this perfectly. He's saying, let this reality be the compass that guides you. To understand that because of Christ, you're exalted and will be bestowed will be gifted in grace. And you already are. Though it doesn't always feel like. And he doesn't promise it's going to feel like. If Jesus is going to come, then we're not going to feel like princes and kings and queens. We're going to feel like the world's a tough place to live. Some of the time, and for some of us, a lot of the time lately. But that doesn't have anything to do with bestowed and exalted. And then he says, and I'll show you the best example of how to do that. I know how to do it. And he says, I'm going to send my son. And Jesus entered the thing and he said, you know what, Dad? I love you, but I'm, I got no interest in being like you. I got no interest in having, trying to be you. I'm going to point people to you. And he said, you know, I don't want the entourage. I don't want the angels. I don't want... But but he still was God. So some of the passages would, would lead you to believe he sort of emptied himself of his divinity. That wasn't what happened. He was fully man and fully God. That's a that's a mush mash we can't put together very well. Difficult to comprehend. But he emptied himself of the stuff that comes with the position of being God's son. And he submitted to being a slave. 
And, they, and in the one word you would see is called the bond servant. He became a servant. And obedient to death just means he knew what he was getting into and he did it. It doesn't mean he, he lived a non, he lived a, he did live a perfect life, but that's not the command to us. He was able to do that. So the passages that I picked was, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present yourself bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and accepted to God, which is your spiritual worship. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind and the renewing, not event, process, remaining, that by testing, that by testing you may discern what the will of God, what good and acceptable, perfect will of God. And then it, the passage in Matthew, even as the Son came to be, not to be served, but to serve, he gave his life as a way to unhook us or release us, untie us from the law. That word ransom is a tricky word there because you can't ransom God. But that the, the message there is that Jesus lived a life that unties us from the obligations of the law, frees us to live under the new covenant and the new law of grace, mercy, and love. Amen? Amen. Dear Father, we just want to say thank you for what you did in your Son and exalted him and you bestow upon him the name. And it's the name that we claim and help us to remember that you exalt us and you bestow upon us for free as a gift, not because of what we've done or what we've added or what we've subtracted. And help us to remember what Christ did, that he, he didn't snatch. And he emptied himself and accepted slavery and accepted the crucifixion for us so that we could come to know your love, your compassion, and have a relationship with you forever. In Jesus' name, amen.